1: Hello everybody, a warm welcome, live from our Barangaroo studios for the call, 10 stocks picked by you, I put it to our expert panel, we do it all on the 31st of October, of course it is Halloween, so we've sort of come up with 10 theme stocks <laughs> for you this hour, Halloween theme stocks, I'm not sure how far we've gone, but uh, a bit of fun actually, um, Joining us today, Francesco just driven us from Audbedded. Francesco, how so, are you? Good, happy thank Halloween, you. dear from Intelligent Investor, are your kids getting ready for Halloween? They're you...
0: bugging me about it all weekend, Koshi. Yeah, and been are you being off. grumpy
1: or are you being good? No, I've been grumpy. Oh. <laughs> but I'll, I'll no. relent today. Right. I've
0: been thinking about waiting for the storm to hit, then taking him out in the rain and saying, off, off. go. <laughs> That'll teach him. No, that's
1: mean. Um, it is fun today, but uh, particularly... Lots of my grandkids are in great neighborhoods that they go around, they go around and together yeah. it's really great fun and the parents take their glass of wine and watch the kids and have a great time as well any excuse yeah yeah say. exactly <laughs> well what stocks are we going to look at today well fittingly we're going to kick it off with black cat yes there is a stock called black cat Uh, I don't think it's ever come up on the call before. Um, We'll take a look at Blackmore's InvoCare because of course we've got to get into funeral homes as well. Uh, Finbar Group and Nick Scarley. Stock of the day though. This is a stock that's come up a few times in the past couple of weeks and all our expert panels have said, "Uh, let's wait to see when they report next because had they been able to take advantage of this push into the United States, Talking about Buds Australia, of course, uh, they've reported first quarter group gross revenue of $23.5 million, up 28% on the previous corresponding period. Company says it's instant formula Q1 gross revenue more than doubled to uh, 109% on the prior corresponding period. But stock's down 8% today. <laughs> Why is that? Um, Grab study. everybody has been saying mm-hmm. Hey, they they had a free kick into the US, replace their China business or make inroads into it. Let's see how well they've done it. Well, this report seems to
0: indicate they're doing okay. Yeah, the numbers look pretty good. The numbers look pretty good. I didn't go through it in a lot of detail, Kosh. It's not a stock I follow closely, but I agree the headlines looked all right. But the expectations were really high, and when they got this deal for the American distribution, the share price went up a long way. Expectations were raised. From what I could see, a lot of their market share gains came from Australia, and uh. um, and I'm not sure how well they did in the U.S. The Chinese market went backwards as expected a yes. long way, yep. and I think that's happening across the board. Uh, for me, one quarter or two quarters doesn't really paint an adequate picture of what's going right. on here. I just don't think the so jury's still out for you. Uh, well, look, it's out. It's already right. out for me. I, I just is not the, the, the this doesn't pass the quality filters for me. It's, it's just not a high quality business. Um, and we've learned this from um, from A2, and what's the other one that, that kind of went bust as well? That got taken over, um, uh, the other one. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. We, we know the one we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> these things are, and, and I've been making this, this case for, for years now. There, there is a, a fad to these things, and I've seen it when, um, when we had children as well, that the, the cohorts, mother cohorts, all go after one brand, it becomes the yep. IT brand, and the next cohort chooses another IT brand and you have to spend a lot on marketing. It's actually a a customer acquisition business that even though it doesn't appear to be one, um, you have to pay pay a lot for marketing. You've got to build your brand up. And um, and you lose your customer in, in three or four years, if, if that. If, yeah, if, yeah. if you hold her on for hold her See, on for a See, A
1: two milk was for dairy infant for milk. Yep. Bub's point of differentiation is it's goat milk. Yeah. Rather than dairy Look,
0: milk. It's so. it's not that hard to access goat milk. Right. <laughs> you, you can access dairy milk. You can access goat milk. It's it's they've done a good job of of differentiating the brand from A two, for example. But there are other competitors as well. And I think what's happened in China shows how difficult it is because right. all the Australian brands were priced at a premium and all of a sudden perceptions change in, in China. And it's the Chinese brands now that are taking market share. Like this is, it's very hard to build a sustainable business in this sector. And okay. we've had example after example of that. I think Bubs is, is just mm. another one. Okay. You, you can still make money out of this. You just have to buy it extremely cheaply. Well, well and Joe I, I don't Biden
1: think mentioned it. The US president yeah. said, Bubs is coming to our rescue. The only
0: person in that US Congress whose stock picks you should listen to is Nancy Pelosi. She has a <laughs> She's un- got some uncanny, sort of inside information. Uncanny yeah. ability to pick stocks, that woman. <laughs> uh, yes. What do you reckon, Francesca? Yeah, look,
2: I've yeah, mentioned fads and there's a lot of stocks that fall under that category. And I think yep. this here, this is a classic example of um, buy-on rumour and sell-on fact. You saw, um, I think it was back in May that the stock basically doubled uh, on the back of announcement, well, on the back of an announcement that 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 there was a shortage of um, powdered milk in 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 the in the US, yep. um, and then the announcement following on from that that Bubs was going to get FDA approval to to sell into the US. I don't think I, to be honest, I, I still don't think that they've got approval as yet. I think they've got letter intent. Um, so so uh, it's a classic example of that the, the 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 stock price got out of hand. Um, and people have just been selling into the into the facts, and that's what we're seeing today as well. Yeah. That you know, well, really, how much are we selling into the US when the growth is coming out of Australia? Um, I'm not sure how it's priced as far as valuation goes from a PE point of view, but I don't think it. I don't think it's profitable as yet. So, right. you know, pick a number. I say. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, look, I'd I'd stay away. From Avoid view. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Let's get into the first of our Halloween stocks um, suggested by you, Black at, uh, appropriately for the first one, uh, GORAB operates a uh, uh, gold, it's basically a gold exploration and economic studies, it, it sort of, I thought it may have been linked to a university or something like that, but uh, apparently they're just looking at the economics of all these fields that they've got around it.
0: Yeah, I had, I'd never heard of this business. And when I Me saw never. Black Cat, I was trying to think, like, what does this thing... I do. I right. thought because it had an 8 in its name, right. maybe it was a tech stock, because those tech stocks like to put numbers no, yeah. um, in, in their names, and right. it's often a big warning sign, except yep. for ordinary, We'll leave that one out. Um, <laughs> but um, it's a 60 odd million dollar gold exploration business, actually. And again, that sort of set my, my heart sinking as well. I thought, oh, here we go. But look, looking at it more closely, um, it's kind of interesting, Koshi. Um, ah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. The, they bought... Um, They bought a couple of mines off um, Northern Star Star Evolution, a big gold miner. They bought a couple of mines off them. I think it was Northern Star, Paulson's mine. Um, And they're trying to develop these things, but they've got a really thoughtful way of getting these mines in production. And that is that at first they're um, they're, they're digging up ore and instead of using an expensive processing facility, they're just paying for someone else. They're just tolling that, um, that ore, getting some early cash flow, and then building up their resource base. They do have a mill, a two million um, ton mill that they just have to refurbish a little bit. So right. look, I, I think as, as far as um, speculations go and, and make no mistake, you this is a wild speculation, a right. $60 million gold <laughs> development business. But they have, <laughs> I would say reasonably look, looking projects, projects that have made money in the past mm. um, and have been sold off and bought at legitimate prices for legitimate reasons. Um, they've got a path, a sensible economic path to um, raising money and, and refurbishing plants and getting into production. Yeah. Resource-based looks okay. Look, you can, you can speculate on this. I wouldn't. It's not the kind of stock I would buy. Right. But this is not a silly idea. Um, I, I will say that, that gold is one of the most unloved and horrible sectors in the market. So at the unloved
1: moment. and so horrible at the moment.
0: It's kind of interesting. I mean, I had a, a look through the gold sector, it uh, would have been about a month ago now, the results are horrible. Mm. Uh, costs are rising, and gold is probably unique in mining because you move so much. The waste to ore ratio here is the highest in any, uh, compared to any other mineral right. on earth. Right. Well, any other mainstream mineral right. on earth. Um, and so, when your diesel costs rise and your um, your other costs are going up, it impacts gold miners um, more than it does, say, a copper or a iron or a coal right. mine or something. So. Um, their, their, their results are looking terrible. It's probably the time to look at them. To be honest, I, I, I would rather look at um, a larger, um, more profitable business than this one. Um, so my, my you pick go
1: high-end sector I've, leaders like your Northern Star. Absolutely, I would go
0: Northern Star. I, th- I think Northern Star gets trotted out as a name that everyone yeah. thinks they have to say. There's been big changes at the leadership. They're consolidating a big mine which hasn't had ownership in for a long time. It's a bit of complexity in there and, and there's nothing wrong with it, but I right. think that you can do better than that. My picks are Evolution um, and it's complexity there, but you've got a really good operator at the top right. there. It's a big warning sign when the chairman and CEO of any business leave at the same time and you've had that change at Northern Star. Right. Um, my, that's, that's a warning sign for me. Um, Gold Road is the other one. I right. I'd much rather own that than, than be putting money into Black Cat. But if you must speculate, okay. this is not a, a crazy idea. I'm going to go, mm. I'm still going to go avoid. But for right. those who love their speculation, um, yeah, interesting. M- much more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Francis it's a
2: speculative. In, right. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say speculative right. part rather than investment. But um, they did put some um, drilling results out today. They look quite oh. promising. I mean, mm. they're, they're, they're in an area where we know there's gold. So, you know, yeah. look, it's, that's one thing. You can sort of say that the, the tenements around them, some of the producing, some are not. Um, and, and what have mentioned there, that they're. Um, using um, third parties to to do some of the milling here and there, um, obviously because of the location, they they can take advantage of that.
0: Um, it so it shows that they've thought about it. You know, if someone's yeah. sat down and thought about how to exactly. do yeah. outsource so yeah. yeah. it to someone um, else. for a little while. Anyway. But
2: I, 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 to be honest, I'm not sure how f- how how far off f- from my reading that they are in production. But it, it looks like you know they've got potentially you know a resource there of about a million ounces. So. That, that looks promising, I think. Yeah. Um, they're still proving up more. Share prices performed very poorly over the last six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that might be an indication that that, that could be an opportunity. But I, I, look, I'd have to do a lot more um, looking into sort of the timing and everything that before I'd say that it's a buy. But it is interesting, like Gaurav mentioned. Um, again, on the gold side of things, you, you know, high inflation, you want you a wanna low-cost producer. Um, if the gold price is rallying significantly um, then you'd be looking at a high cost producer because your your profit margin uh, increases at a far greater rate than, yep. than, than on a low cost producer but in this environment where we're seeing gold price really not doing anything at the moment um, I'd be looking at more low cost producer you know Newcrest, you know, uh, evolutions right. and
0: other ones. Newcrest is such a disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah.
2: look, it, yeah, for me, it's sort of a, a low risk play as well. You know, you can go high risk by the explorers, or if you're looking at low risk production, right. then you know, Newcrest.
0: If Newcrest, I would love to get in into Newcrest and just rip that company apart because well, there is a great gold be, business in there, yeah. and they just keep on chasing volume. They've got some mines they have to sell and get rid of. If they kept that card in mind... Get rid of Lahir? Get yeah, rid of Telfer? Yeah. They've got the New Guinea one. Oh, Lahir that. is a basket case. I've been yeah. a share... I used to oh, be well, a shareholder it in Lahir. In Lahir. It's, it's a, I Lahir
2: as well, It's a mine. Know, I think <laughs> it's, world, it.
0: <laughs> it's the world's... It's It's the world's fourth largest gold ore body. So there's probably 40 million ounces of gold in there. Wow. But it's inside an active volcano yeah. on an island offshore Papua New Guinea. Um, and it's laterite gold. So the, the gold is, is stuck... Um, Atomically to the uh, to the to the minerals yeah. oh,
2: okay. to the ore,
0: and you have to use acid leaching. You need all these these complicated techniques to get the gold Jeez. out. It's okay. really really difficult geological mine. So I would get rid of that straight away. Okay, all right. Oh, let's let uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a know on
1: black cap for you as well, Francesco. No on black cat yep. for us as well, man. Um, Francesco, uh, what about black moors Keeping with the. The black theme, a double black. Oh, the, is um, that what we're doing there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was, wondering yeah, why that was This there. is okay. all the Halloween.
0: Okay. the Halloween
1: theme. Mm-hmm. The Halloween theme. What do you think of, um, of Blackmores, yeah, the, look, uh, the vitamin supplement group? I, I think it looks expensive.
2: Yeah. Oh. I, I like the business. I really like this business. And and, um, um, and gee, the, you talk about management troubles. It, it's had a few mm. sort of board
1: stouches and. Yeah. sort of bigger yeah. shareholder and, and disagreeing yeah, with exactly. chief executives and I mean, all it that. Trades sort of on things.
2: over thirty times earnings too. So, so wow. to me, which but it, look, I suppose you call it a healthcare stock yes. if you like. Yep. Um, it's not unheard of for healthcare stocks to trade significantly high. But it, you know, it's more of a supplement business. So yeah. um, we've got a whole recommendation on it. Um, it doesn't really inspire me in the short to medium term. God, that's either. a horrible chart too in a year, isn't yeah, it? Is yeah. Like? Um, and I, I, look, I, I can't see what the catalyst is for it to sort of, you know, go to the next level higher. So, yeah. you know, from a valuation point of view, we, we see, you know, our guys got about a $70 valuation. So it's trading around that. Right. And yeah, for a growth stock, because you're not getting income out of it. I, I think see that
1: 172 Era, yes
2: that that was
1: begin that was the China went story up to two hundred. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We went up to that's the yeah. China well, story. Well, go back about a decade or more. Um, you know, they, they were actually quite good at their expansion into Asia. Yeah, because um, they did it gradually. They didn't go right. We're going to go into Asia. They picked a number of yeah. countries, researched them, understood them, understood the products that they needed. Because yeah, you know, the products that sell here in Australia are quite different to the products you'd be selling in places like Vietnam yep. and Singapore and that so that they really understood their markets um but i think they've gone away from that over the last sort of decade okay all right but a hold hold
1: for at the moment yeah.
0: i think you're being very generous calling it a healthcare stock um, yes <laughs> supplements well, are a name
1: they're supplements they're meant to be good oh, for you come on
0: koshi supplements are a name for medicines that don't work <laughs> we call them we call them supplements because if they work motivational call them
2: supplements yeah. Yeah.
0: I find it the world we live in is sometimes so topsy-turvy to me, um, you know, uh, we, sorry to bring it back to coal again, but, but here we are getting, copping getting, um, flack for owning coal miners who produce energy, and we can't hold them in the ethical fund, and here's a business selling um, supplements, <laughs> um, you know, medicine that doesn't work, that, um, and every ethical fund. Is clamouring to to own it, which right. is, is just yeah, hilarious, yeah. hilarious to me. Um, this is a sell. Um, you know, okay,
1: you got your vitamin C got, though, and all that's good for you, isn't it? Eat an orange,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I,
1: not, I do know his views on this. So I'm sort of deliberately <laughs> yeah. winding him up here. Um,
0: even on a financial sense, um, they've lost market share for years. Um, The margins have sort of more than halved over a couple of years. Um, The distribution costs, the marketing costs are are all getting tougher and um, there's no top line growth either. And and on top of that, you're paying, I got higher than 30 actually, my number's a backward-looking, I had forty odd times earnings on this stock. Wow. That'd be this, this um, previous yeah, year's yeah, numbers, yeah. Same. Which is yeah. just, just um, you could halve that, and yeah. it's still. I still wouldn't buy it at half the price. Mm. Right. Um, this is a strong sell for me. I don't. I don't see the reason to be there. I will say that Marcus Blackmore is, is a genius, and um, he's built an amazing business. But he's not there anymore. Um, and uh, in the absence of, of genius management, I'm not sure this company is all that attractive. Okay. Um, so uh, sell for me. You can still make money out of this but you'd have to buy it at really rock bottom prices and we're a long way from that okay
1: all right Mm. uh our next stock of course uh, uh continuing the halloween theme of course is uh funerals uh invocare uh australia's largest funeral cemetery and cremation operator in australia and new zealand owns things like white lady simplicity funerals Value cremations, that's a beauty of something, value cremations. Value cremations, Creations, I like that as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right at
1: the end, there's a bargain for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What oh, do you yeah. think of InvoCare? More I people th- are dying in Australia now, are they now that we're out of lockdown and things like that?
0: Yeah, the, the revenue numbers appear to have bounced back, but the margins have not bounced back. And I think that shows you that what care facing is not just a a bounce or a a cyclical decline. It's there's something structural going on in this funerals market and it's been Mm -hmm. happening around the world as well. And, you know, I've I've sort of talked about this before, but for those who haven't heard it, um, funerals used to be about, um, they used to be a very emotional decision. You know, once somebody died, uh, you know, some, some guy in a suit would rock up and and while you were all emotional and vulnerable, they'd they'd charge you all this money for for a whole heap of stuff. And, and, and I think you're able to attract very high margin because you're dealing with an irrational consumer who can't who, who can't compa- who can't compare prices and can't make um, can't make decisions um, can't optimize More decisions. Yeah. yeah. Whereas what's happening now is that the prepaid funerals are now um, much a, high, a much higher portion of that funeral market. And you can see that inside InvoCare, because they, they use those prepayments to run a little funds manage- management business inside InvoCare. Right. And that, the existence of that division is death for the entire business model. Because instead of dealing with a frail consumer who can't compare prices, you're dealing with a very rational consumer who carefully selects their plan upfront right. and pays for it over time. And it's just completely upended this industry. I think it leads to a permanent loss of margin On top of that, you've got um, expansion opportunities for InvoCare, which are just gone. Um, The ACCC will not allow them to do the same level of takeovers that they've gotten to their current size. There's Propel Funeral Partners, who is much smaller and has an opportunity to grow by taking advantage of that private-public multiple arbitrage. If you must own a funeral operator, I think that's a very well-run business, and I think um, um, there's potential opportunity there. Yeah, but but this I think this is um, this is the norm now. I think we, we see we see lower margins, lower returns, less growth, okay. and it should attract a much lower multiple.
1: But but they're they're saying uh, they spent a lot on refurbishing yep. the funeral homes. They've all got liquor licences yep. because instead of being sort of sad, everyone wants to party now yeah, yeah, yeah. and have a wake so they'll get margins there. Um, and pet funerals yeah. are booming. Yeah. Uh, Smaller amount of money though. But yeah, all good ideas.
0: It shows that the management's on it and, right. and these are good ideas. And it's something to watch. If you see success there, then maybe you can alter your thesis. But I think the base case right. still stands that we're seeing lower margins, less growth, mm. and we should see a, a permanently shrunken multiple. And so okay. I would actually, I still think this is a sell, right. in fact.
1: Okay, Francesca?
2: Yeah, it sits on a fairly high multiple. Yeah, always has. Because, I mean, if you think about growth, in, yeah. in this, you know, your your you, your population rate and your death rate is fairly constant if you go over a long period of time. Yeah. So, so you're not going to see uh, shoot the lights out. I wasn't aware the A Triple C had stepped in on the acquisition side of yeah. things because that was part of their mis- business model a number of years ago was to buy a lot of these family operated uh, funeral uh, services that they could buy for a very low multiple um, and throw it into their business. Obviously, get some economies of scale as well. Um, but leverage up on that, that lower PE. So so that was where the growth was coming from. And I think any of those sort of sorts of businesses where you see growth from acquisition, you've got to be careful of um, what happens when the acquisition path comes to an end because uh, either through regulation or through saturation. So um, we, we have a whole recommendation on it. I'd be probably more in line with Gorab on that now that I, I, I realized that the ACCC have stepped in. I wasn't aware of that. Um, I'd be more of a, a, a lighten or a, or a seller than sell myself, well. rather than you know going against our analyst. I suppose, um, you know, it, it, you know it's, it's trading on a forward PE of, of twenty four and twenty four or twenty five times, wow. which and I think
0: okay. that's the trap because historically yes. it's just traded at very high multiples.
2: Yeah, because people say it's just defensive. Um, now, look, as Gorov said, they, they manage the business well um, and, and looking for new ideas. Um, but then the other, the risk to the business is the the, the because they do a lot of pre-sales, they've got to manage those funds. Um, and they've done okay in the past, but what happens when they mess up with some of their funds management side mm. of things and they start yeah. losing on that? Well, yeah. they've still got to cover the funerals that are pre-sold. Yeah. So so I, I see it as a, you know, for that sort of play, a fairly risky business as opposed to a more defensive business. Yep. Okay.
1: All right, let's take a look at um, Francesco Finbar Group. Again, yeah. this is a stock that hasn't come up. <laughs> Maybe 10, we can uh, go
2: and knock on doors yeah, and yeah. Uh, trick or treat. Well, <laughs> yeah. that could be because
1: they're in residential property, uh, mainly in WA mm. and um, uh, nothing frightening about being in WA, I, I don't think. Medium to high density residential buildings, commercial developments, direct ownership. What do you
2: think of Finbar as it? Yeah, look, uh, I don't, uh, no, don't again, don't know a lot about it, um, but do know that it is in property development. I do believe that they do maintain some of their properties um, and rent out. Um, whether they run that as separ- a separate type of division of the business or it's just mixed up in it, I'm not too sure. Um, but if you look at something like a, a um, um, like a Lend Lease, which is at the Greater end of the scale, if you like. Um, you know, they run a, a separate business that's their investment right. management. So I wonder if they do that on a very small scale compared to say, lend lease. Um, look, it yeah, from a point of view of numbers, and that, um, yeah, it's 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 profitable um, and and has you know has been for some time. Um, has its moments. I'm not sure that yeah. You know, back in 2020, normalised. A uh, 1.3 million dollar loss. So I'm not sure whether you know, there was some investment that went wrong there or that. Um, looking at the, the macro environment we're going into at the moment, you know we're going into a, a, ri- a rising interest rate environment. Um, demand for properties might slow down a bit. So I'd probably wait until maybe you know, and this is more of a macro view, until uh, we get to the, maybe the top right. of the interest rate cycle and maybe see it starting to come off. Okay, which could be a couple of years.
1: Uh, Gareb, do you think Finbar? Would would be delighted with um, Francesco comparing them to maybe a smaller version of Lend-Lease? Oh, maybe they twenty years ago, they <laughs> could sue, I, reckon. I, know. I
0: don't think comparisons to Lindley's are flattering anymore. No, what no, like no that's be. my point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's well, all, that, okay. that. That maybe should have Blendlease in there. That's more frightening yeah, than yeah. Finbar. <laughs> what do you think of Finbar? Um, look, I, I don't know the business, so, so I don't have too much to add. I, I will add though that the accounting here seems unusually complex. Um, cash flow was was kind of all over the place compared to where the accounting profits were. And, and it's probably my lack of understanding about how this business operates. But um, you'd want to really try and... every time you see a gap between accounting profits and cash flow, you, you need to do work and you have to try and account for, for what that difference is. And, and I wasn't quite able to do it. And it's, and it's probably my ignorance about the stock. I don't know the business all that right. well if you're interested in, then that's step number one. You really got to to fill that knowledge gap up, right. and see what um, what's the difference. Because that is maybe the largest red red flag in investing. Every blow up I've ever seen is it's been too much debt or um, accounting issues right. uh, with revenue recognition or some other reason where um, the cash isn't falling down. Right. Most investors have a habit of just looking at the, the profit line and. And the cash flow is more important, often. Um, right. So, in this case, not suggesting there's anything funny going on. It's just an unusual business model, um, especially when you're developing, and you're recognizing profits. Maybe, um, maybe you're running uh, property um, prices through your P and L. Um, maybe you're running, you're, you're recognizing development profits at a later stage. There's just some some complexity here that you need to get your head around. Um, it's not a business that I'm particularly and interested that, uh, in. Um,
1: uh, from you being on the on the call for a long time. That's a big filter for you, isn't it? Just transparency and ease of understanding the numbers. Understanding the accounts. When you consider that you've got so many options on the market, Mm. why put your money into something that you just can't quite understand or add up?
0: And Koshi, often when I buy something, and this is not going to sound good saying out loud, but it falls. I often buy things that are out of favour, that are unloved, and just because I buy them, it doesn't change the fact that they're out of favour or unloved. So... Yeah. I'm buying stuff, something and often they'll keep falling. Yeah. And the only way you can maintain conviction in your idea is if you understand what's really happening. So right. that understanding of the numbers and especially how the numbers flow through the accounts from each statement to the other, you, they link up and you, you, you do have to have at least a basic grasp of wh- how, which numbers end up where and how they get there. And yeah. in this business, you, I don't have that. So um, I, I wouldn't be buying this one. Part,
2: part of that is looking past the short term share price. right? You know, do your work. Do your work. Have some conviction yeah. on your decision. Yeah. Make your acquisition and be patient and and, yeah. and look, you know, at, at how that evolves over time. Share prices are going to move day to day. Like, exactly. Yeah. There was a um, stock you just mentioned before that that was down eight percent, but the, mm. the announcement wasn't bad. Mm. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it's it's just perception. And you can only time. be
0: patient if you have knowledge and conviction. Yes. Um, so look, um, with all those caveats, if yeah, if you know way. that stuff. Um, yeah. the, you know, I don't know the business well enough. But I will say that there's probably less debt here. Management seems yeah, to know what they're didn't doing. Look very high, yeah, very yeah. surprised by that, considering what kind of business this is. I expected. Because of the size
2: of them, they probably don't have the capacity to borrow as much right. as, say, at
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably right. a good thing. Good thing.
1: Drive, <laughs> um, yeah. what about Nick Scarley, the, uh, yeah. the big retail, furniture retailer? Are they more transparent in their?
0: So, I'm just trying to link every idea now to this Halloween <laughs> stuff. How does this get to Halloween? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Scary. Uh, city on the couch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's every day for
1: you.
2: Isn't yeah. you? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, we actually did some work on this recently because of the big show and big fall in the share price. Um, surprisingly fantastic business. I was, mm. I think a lot of us were quite surprised just how profitable this is and how durable this company has been. I mean, it's it's effectively a dropshipper of furniture, like that. I wouldn't have expected them to be so profitable, but they manage their inventory. I think the key is they're able to funnel customers into their stores. They manage their inventory probably better than any other big box retailer I have seen. And that that inventory management- Well, they
1: they carry no inventory. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: They take what, 50%, 30% deposits upfront, um, manufacture the furniture, and then they just ship it straight to the straight customer. To yep. Fantastic business Thanks model. Thanks very
1: much for buying it. It will be with you in four months. <laughs> and <laughs> um, <laughs> that
0: leads to extraordinary returns yeah. on capital. Uh, management is fantastic. Um, seem to know the trends and able to pick them and follow Found them. The look, I, I think there's a case for buying this now. I, I really mm. do. It doesn't look excessively expensive. The hard part here, what what we struggled with internally was trying to get a base case for where margins and revenue ought to be because there's been a lot of pull forward of demand over COVID. And just normalising those is is a little bit difficult, especially I think they made a very good acquisition in Plush and plugging that into their existing systems um, with their existing know-how ought to result in much better outcomes. I think this is really interesting. I'm going to go a slow buy on this one. A slow buy? I think you can start accumulating. um, Right. But I wouldn't be... um, all the way in and so a bit of a nibble yeah oh, i forgot about that thank you yeah, yeah nibble, yeah. nibble. nibble. We'll let's
2: do, do that nibble. <laughs> okay yeah yeah uh Francesca? yeah no it's uh, mm. probably a bit early for me um, I, mm. i'd be inclined to be slightly opposite and be mm. loading a bit of it off and, mm. and I, I take your point grab mm. about sort of the management and the the, the, the logistics within the business uh, i'm looking at the revenue line and saying that i don't see a great deal of growth there, uh, if any, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're moving into an environment where higher interest rates. Now, I do take point that this, you know, more on the Nick Scully side of things is, is, is high-end retail. Mm-hmm. So, you know, interest rates may not, have, and inflation may not have as much an impact upon them. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, when do people renew furniture? And if there's yeah. been a bit of demand brought forward because of COVID, mm-hmm. so there's no need for them to do another three years or five yeah. years worth. Um, so there's that. And, 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 and then there's also the turnover of property. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you, you're selling a property and you're buying a new one, you tend to then go and look for some more new furniture. Yep. And if the turnover <coughs> of property, which we're seeing decline a little bit at the moment, um, I think we will see the, the demand side of things decline a bit, so I'm more looking at the revenue mm. side. I think they do manage their costs well, and I think mm. they'll probably do really well through this period. But I don't see a great deal of growth. So right. I'd, I'd so probably wait until the end. Again, similar, oh, lighten, yeah, sell. Right. If, yeah, it depends how long you've been holding. What's the opposite of nibble? You can slowly yeah, sell. Yeah. Slow, yeah, slow. Dri- take <laughs> slow, <laughs> <Dribble>. A nibble <laughs> uh, and a dribble. I, I,
1: I was going to say take mm. profits, but looking at the nah, <laughs> looking well, at the chart, you again, wouldn't taking profits. Again, depends how long you've held it for. I mean.
2: Yeah, but um, it, it, look, it, 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 you know, if you if you've bought it and you're not in great deal of profit, and you don't mm. like just uh, don't don't like selling at a loss. Mm. Then then hang on to it. It's a good business. It, it, you know, the thing I look at is, is it's a good business. Yes, okay. What price am I prepared to mm. buy it? Okay. Right. Or what price am I prepared to sell it? Um, but um, at the, this price, I wouldn't be buying. Okay. Maybe selling a little bit. Those right.
0: are all absolutely legitimate points that those that's the the uh the bear case right there but um, i think where we differ um francesco is that i think in a business of this quality that historically has done such a great track record you have to buy like i'd be buying in those circumstances when there's a downturn when things don't yeah, look good yeah. it's probably the, that yeah, yeah. that's where i probably yeah. differ but i completely agree that the things look scary over the next 18 months yeah yeah
1: Okay. All right. That's part of the Halloween. The scary.
0: The scary. Uh, All right. Let's (laughs) let's
1: recap the first five stocks and Mm. uh, stock of the day. Bubs are no from both Gorev and Francesco. Same with Black Cat. um, Gold stocks um, for Gorev Evolution and Gold Road, Evolution and Newcrest for Francesco. Uh, Blackmores are sell from Gorev. a hold from Francesco. Care a sell from both. Gorab prefers uh, Propel, which is a bit smaller. Uh, a no from both for uh, Finbar. And Nick Scali, a slow buy from Gorab and a slow sell for <laughs> Francesco. <laughs> Love that. So, so that, that will really <laughs> confuse you. <laughs> uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy growth fund picked by the investment committee. Um, the last committee meeting um, is goes up uh, Wednesday night. The uh, the November edition, um, the October committee meeting got rid of Arden Leisure, trimmed BabCorp, added to sole patterns and Intertek Pivot was trimmed and Seek was added. Um, since the first of March, the um,
0: at a relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum, the CMC Pro accounts at our website.
1: Welcome back to uh, the call hall here on Ausbiz. And uh, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Aristocrat, uh, Seek, Terracom, Superloop, and to finish our Halloween special oh, Yowie yeah. group. It's good.
0: Never, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I've never heard of Yow- Yowie group. All right. Uh, you in, will when we
2: talk about uh, it. <laughs> yeah,
1: in the theme of uh, mm. a trick. Uh, Francesco, what do you think of Aristocrat?
2: We like it. Yeah. We've got a buy recommendation on it. Right. I, I'd agree with that. I, I just think that um, you know, this company's been around for a long time. They've done extremely well. Uh, they've got some really good people within the organisation that design games um, and put them together. Um, there was some concerns with COVID because obviously they, um, um, you know, yeah, the the machines they sell are in bricks and mortar casinos and, yep. and venues um, that um, that their revenue would fall off a cliff, which, which it did a bit, um, but their online gaming side of things picked up mm. as well, which has made up for it. I think they're going to get a bit of traction there. So as, as we start mm. to see, and, and things are opening up now um, more and more, um, as we see that revenue come back in through um, the bricks and mortar gaming sites. Um, I don't see a great deal of decline in the, the digital side of things. So uh, we, we like the business and think it's a buy. Okay.
1: Gaurab, uh, is it the world's biggest poker machine manufacturer? I don't know if it's I the world's biggest, say. but
0: it's one of the biggest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there's, there's three yeah. big yeah. ones it's and it's, in yeah. that, it's on that yeah. list. Yeah. Um, it's a business I've underestimated for a long, long time. Uh, at Intelligent Investor, when I first joined, I think this is one of the first stocks I remember we covered and we had to buy on it about two bucks, I think we sold it at about nine bucks from right. memory and had no idea that it would go on to be so successful. The main thing we missed was that the revenue model of the business switched. It went from um, taking unit sales on, on every order, so it would make a cabinet and have a sale and took a cut, a margin off the cabinet sale. And they started making money off all the, the, the revenue coming from all the machines. Right. So an infinitely better revenue model. And just didn't have the imagination to to see how that would transform so almost, the economics. Almost built an annuity Yes, of the you're right. machines that's that's it. that We could yeah. wow. well, call that SaaS now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. And they're <laughs> yeah, the yeah. SaaS Yeah, and um, for a long time, um, that was, I think, one of the best businesses mm. on the market. Um, but now they've introduced a digital gaming side, which... Again, I mean I should I should have learnt my lesson by now, but I'm just a little bit skeptical about that digital gaming. It seems to me that there's less of a lock in there's more competition, and um, it's more susceptible to customer churn um, and I th- look I think you're
2: right, but what it comes down to is the design of the game so mm. I talked to friends of mine in the hotel business about you know what sort of machines they have in their pubs and that and and, and the, the aristocrat machines cost them a lot more yep. but people play them people play them no, no. why right, is right. that and they said they just design the games better they yep. don't know what it is but they design the games better so you'd have to say from an online perspective if you've yeah. got those people designing the, the right games for yeah. the right people I, I, I sort of use the analogy of a fund manager you get a fund mm. manager and you have a a, a, a really good um, um resource there so a person leaves yeah. uh the fund manager suffers a bit i think you have the same with this sort of this sort of business as well if, if you nothing really reward... come,
1: that comes to mind in that funds management mm, no, no. No. Oh.
2: <laughs> so i think this sort of business is similar in that right. if you lose some of your technical people that design people mm. um then mm. you can see the quality decline mm. um and and from my understanding is they're very good at retaining those sort of people. Mm.
0: Well the the numbers bear out your argument certainly, uh, Francesca, because the numbers have been exceptional. Yeah. And on a numeric view alone, um, you'd have to say it's a buy because the numbers all stack up so yeah. well. I just hate buying on numbers. And in my view, if the numbers all look good and it's still cheap, there's usually a reason for that. And I haven't really uncovered yeah. what that is yet. So. Um, I'm probably wrong about it. I'm going to go with hold, yeah. but I, I can certainly see a sensible case to, yeah. to buy this. I think but there's a perception behind it. We talked mm. about ethical stocks. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's true. That sort of falls yeah, into yeah. that category yeah. where people think about go, that, well, yeah.
2: I can't buy it because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I look past that sometimes and go, well, you know, it is a good business. It makes good mm. money. Um, I'm happy to buy, pay this sort of price for it okay. um, for the longer term. All right. Uh, Gaurav Next
1: stock, as in hide and seek, of course, it's ah. seek, the uh, yeah. big oh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. employment platform. Uh, Pissos, what do you think of Seeg?
0: Yeah, look, it's been um, it's been on and off our buy list for years. Um, it was in our funds for a little while. I think we sold it uh, post COVID um, to fund other acquisitions, but it's a, it, everyone knows it's a wonderful business. I guess I just highlight how the business is changing a little bit, because that Australian business is absolutely dominant, although they did lose a little bit of market share, but I think that's okay. Um, It's also a little bit cyclical. As it grows and gets very dominant, that cyclicality tends to dominate the Australian earnings, so you you view it more as a cyclical business now in Australia, but then you've also got these um, international growth properties, which are really Mm. good. They've got a good Brazilian um, business. Um, and some Asian businesses that are going really, really nicely and they're dominant in their marketplaces and, and they should replicate the success we've seen from Seek. But the third part is probably the most interesting for me, it's the the growth ventures business. And I think that's the part that the market doesn't like. So they've taken some company capital and invested it in a whole bunch of startups. Um, Paul Bassett has yeah. taken ownership of that little business.
1: Oh well, uh, he's, he's one of the brothers, the two brothers that yes, started that's Seek right, that's and right. now... Um, he's basically in this venture capital, capital space now, is he?
0: I think the professionals and the market don't like that because it, it's not a f- good fit with the rest of Seek mm. business. There's no logical reason why that should be embedded inside Seek. And I think it's attracting a bit of a discount for that. But that's the part, I hope they do split it out because I want to buy that. Right. I want to I invest alongside those two guys and, and find what they're finding. That's right. the part that I want to invest in. The rest of the business, I think it's maturing and it still looks very expensive to me. Great business purchase to hold. Um, but keep an eye on this company because if okay. that yes. ventures business ever comes out, I think that's the one I'd really like to put. So, money are you into. in Thorny? No, I, 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 that's a big sell Venture. for me. Get out of Thorny. <laughs> right. Okay. I, th- I think that is one of the most overrated um, okay. fund to fund stocks out under But you
1: didn't. You backed
0: the Bassettes. I back the Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep.
2: Francesco. Yeah, I back the Bassett's. We're going to buy it. We're a buyer. Yeah, uh, we're happy to buy. Um, look, I think you know the. the so, does not s- worry? The,
1: uh, sort of Fortescue getting into hydrogen? Mm. Does Does that worry you when they, when companies go off and they're not as simple to understand anymore?
2: Um, yes and no. Yeah, it depends how far they drift and how how much. You know, if if a company sort of drifts off into one area or, or maybe two, you know the then they still have reasonably good focus. And, and right. if you've got good management, they can put people in place to manage those business. Um, it's a business like, say, West Farmers, to me, that you've really got to have a grasp of, that right. you know goes off into many different tangents, and you've got to go, well, yeah. hang on, what's their experience? Do they understand the business? Meta and, uh, is the one i
0: point to. like that, That's Facebook, Meta, and they, they've yeah. just lost the plot and yeah. gone into this whole other area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, share price. They
2: probably down. knew that yeah. their growth is yeah. capped. I mean, once you get to you know those sort of businesses, once you get past that, it flattens out and then yeah. perpetually flattens out. So yeah. they've got to look for other businesses. And uh, yeah, the growth in in Facebook was phenomenal. But um, yeah. at some point, people go, you know what? I'm not a Facebook. Well, I'm not a Facebook person. But yeah, my kids are. I don't think my kids are even on Facebook. I think oh well, they wouldn't be because I'm on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once parents go on Facebook. They went to Instagram, and then yeah, yeah. all the parents have
1: gone to Instagram. So. Off they to no, they're off to TikTok. They're yeah, are
2: right. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're getting off track too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so on seek. Uh, look, you yeah, know, and the mm. business suffered during COVID, just yeah. like a lot of other businesses. But I think we're moving it, you know, we're looking at at the moment. I, I, I went out to a luncheon on the weekend um, where there was 400 people at a luncheon. Uh, the service was horrible. And it's because they just cannot get staff. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a lot of demand for staff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's hard to fill. Uh, but I think once immigration levels start to pick up and, and, and um, overseas students and backpackers will start to see that churn over. Yep. And, and these guys okay. make money when that, when that turns over pretty quickly. All Another right. business I like in this, air, well, similar area, but they're more of a, um, um, an agency, is, is people, uh, people, people In. People In, yeah. They changed its name from People Infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of their mm. businesses in nursing uh, mm. and healthcare Lo- um, and they've got some IT as well. Um, people so in. People right. in, yeah.
1: All right. Put that on the list for uh, following that Smaller up. Smaller business, but, yeah, but
2: yeah. Um, I, I see okay. some good
1: growth in Good growth, in okay. Uh, next stock, um, Francesco Terracom, the uh, the Terracom. current stock. Again, um, I'm not sure
2: how this fits into Halloween.
1: Yeah, Well, it's got here terrifying. I'm not sure Terracom's been terrifying when you look at the share price over the last 12 no. months. It has flattened a bit in the last couple of months. Um, but it's thermal and coking coal miner uh, projects, basically in Queensland.
2: Yeah, look, this 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 all comes down to the coal price. The thermal yep. coal price is at four, just under four hundred dollars a tonne US now. Jim um, Chalmers
1: has it in the budget at
2: sixty dollars a tonne. I don't know where he got that yeah. number from. <laughs> The so way they
0: do it, they just take the 10-year average and they just chuck that in. Yeah. They don't put more thought into it. No, though. no, no, it's no, yeah, yeah. a slush fund. It's I'll a good bit of a slush fund. You've
1: fiddled the figures. Yeah. He goes, oh, we've just been conservative. I said, okay, that's mate, just... I'll have a bottle of red uh, in at the end of June yeah. if it gets anywhere
2: near, near
0: that. $60. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, he goes, oh, Koshy, I'm off the reds. So Tell right? you what, yeah. if, that, if that,
0: that thermal coal price gets to $60, they'll be red, but it won't be wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far out. What do you think?
2: Look, coal stocks have been the best performers on the ASX for the last yeah. twelve months, and there's a reason why. Um, that the coal is uh, thermal coal in particular is in significantly high demand. Um, throw in a um, conflict in Ukraine with the Russians and yeah. and a blockade on their coal, uh, which I think is about 177 million tonnes a year. Um, they can still sell to the Chinese and the Indians, but they can't sell anywhere else. Um, then and and no real new supply coming on board. So if you look at any new supply coming on board, it's coming out of Indonesia. It's it's brown coal. It's dirty. It's not the high quality coal that we produce here in Australia. So so that's all all good for the um, you know, the 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 supply side, and then the demand side. We've seen Germany go back to burning coal to generate power because they didn't have enough mm. baseload. Um, and so we're starting to see this energy crisis in Europe. And if we have a a pretty cold winter over in Europe, then we can expect those prices to stay this high for quite a while. So, I like the coal price staying at these levels. Um, you know, even if it comes back to 350 or 300, um, the coal mining companies are still making significant cash flows, and we're yep. seeing that in New Hope, we're seeing it in in Whitehaven, um, and also in this TerraCom. Um, look, it's a, a little bit riskier than than Whitehaven and New Hope, but um, you know they they paid a um, a dividend. Of uh, 30 cents I think it is or sorry mm. no ten cents which is a, a significantly large yield for a, a stock like this so um, um, I, I, look i 'm not going to say it 's a buy on this one, but I do like the coal mining mm. stocks um, I need to know a little bit more about their mines and, and their cost structure okay. there but so would you have a hold on it yeah
1: i'll say hold okay um, yeah all right the king of coal that's <laughs> why I went to Francesco first it's a sell it 's a sell.
0: A sell. Terracom's a sell. It is a sell, yeah. Um, So I know, you know, coal prices have gone bonkers. We all know that. I think investors need to be careful here. You know, the opportunity was screaming when no one was interested and coal prices were low. The opportunity gets less interesting as coal prices are high and investors are now scrambling for for coal stocks. I'm not saying...
1: Are you getting out of No, no,
0: no. I'm not getting out of... I haven't sold any New Hope or Whitehaven, but Terracom is a a marginal producer. I mean... um, They own Blair Athol, which is a nice little mine in Queensland. The Queensland mining tax has thumped that mine. I think that removes a lot of the upside. Um, And they only have what a nine or eight year mine life left on that. It's a good mine, um, but at eight or nine years, it it can't pay for the share price. The rest of the business is downright awful. Um, it, It mines in South Africa. The overwhelming bulk of their coal is sold on crappy contracts to um, the uh, uh, the South African energy producer right. over there who is right. just an awful customer, by the way. But um, yep. just to give you some indication about, about how they are not profiting from the coal price, Blair Athol got 250 bucks a tonne in the last full year. In the last quarter, they got $400 a tonne. In South Africa, they're getting 70 bucks a tonne because it's contracted out. There is no mm. super profits no. coming from South okay. Africa. All they right. export a tiny amount of that coal um, into the Asian export market and they get okay prices for that. Yeah. But this is not a okay. ripper coal stock. Oh. Um, so right. this, is, so uh, this is one Dwight to sell. You, Very different. Those guys are getting um, full spot prices yeah. for everything and they are still Whitehaven, trading at the similar free cash multiples as this one. Yeah.
1: Whitehaven criticised for their buyback. Are you as narky on them? I,
0: uh, I don't know why you'd criticise that. That seems like a positive. perfectly sensible yeah. thing to do. Yeah. They're making so much yeah. money. and. I I'd much rather than buying back stocks at a 40% free cash flow yield than trying to open com- a new mine. The company's yeah. had
2: a history of poor investments because they you know they retain a lot of their earnings and invest mm. in new projects yeah. and there's not a lot out there and and look getting a, a new coal mine up and running in in Australia yeah. is you know like pulling yeah. teeth so yeah. give it back to shareholders so give up in in, in in a way shape or form which they've been doing with yeah. really good dividends yeah. and uh um, buying back stock but is
1: you still be buying New Hope and Whitehaven?
2: I would not be so
0: buying Whitehaven. Right. Whitehaven's a hold. New Hope is more interesting. If you right. don't own New Hope, um, that thing's fallen a long way. They've got approval now for New Auckland. I think that's the one to, to go for. Right. So how does that Queensland
2: yeah. tax affect
0: them? Uh, not touched. They have. A, there's a little loophole for them where they actually own the land, so they don't pay the royalty on, right. on in Queensland. So okay. they're, they're in the clear for that. But I think there's still mm. going to be some challenges for New Auckland. It okay. might not get up as early as we think it will, but um, it's it's far more interesting than the others. But I but would say now is a time for a bit of caution in coal. This is not the time to get jubilant yeah. and carried away. Yeah, I,
2: you know, I don't see the, the coal price you know, rising significantly as it's done over the last 12 months. But There's no
0: chance the coal price stays here um, for anything in... A, Approaching the long term. Like, there's just no chance. I think 200 bucks is, is where we should be looking at right. for coal, and that is double the long term average. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not, okay. not being no. No. conservative here.
1: Okay. Next stock, uh, Superloop, the um, <coughs> uh, Gorab, the Telco <clears throat> provider, Fiber.
0: Yeah, this is, um, wow, what an interesting stock this is. Um, <clears throat> so this started life as a, a builder of fiber, and they went out into Asia and into Australia, and they built their own fiber infrastructure, and the, they wanted to be a wholesale fiber provider, sort of like Vocus, uh, yep. um, but into into Asia and Australia, and that plan failed. <clears throat> they built the fiber well enough, but they spent a lot of money doing it. They had to take a few um, write downs, and, um, they just couldn't get the customers on board and they could never scale the business and, and that share price chart doesn't go back far enough, but it's fallen a long, long way. Okay. So since then they've got new management in. Oh,
1: there we go, the five, <coughs> 255 yep. then. Uh
0: They've got new management in and um, they're now switching to, to being a, um, a sort of broadband provider, services provider to retail customers, a, a bit like Aussie broadband, I suppose. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a much better business now okay. than it was before. Um, management, new management looks pretty good. Um, uh, Bevan Slattery is off the board, and I think that's a positive. I know, I know Bevan has this magic reputation, but you look at his track record, and it's, it says he's a brilliant man in some respects, but I think he's more of an ideas guy than a, um, than a, a details guy. Yeah. So I think, I think his skill set probably uh, yeah. is better um, spent somewhere else. Look, I actually think there's a case here for, I think Aussie broadband should look at Superloop. Superloop has a huge amount of of fiber. Aussie is trying to move customers onto their own um, broadband, uh, onto their own infrastructure and expand into services. Some fiber could come in handy for that. Um, So I think they should look at that. But even if they don't, there is a nice little profitable machine being built here. I'm gonna go a hold. I don't think it's, I'd much rather own Aussie than own Mm -hmm. this at this stage at a similar price. But um, I like the changes that have been made. It's looking better than it was before. I like new management. It's a hold for now.
1: Okay, Francesco.
2: <coughs> yeah, Aaron sliced it, and, and yeah, he's got a buy on it. Um, I, I'd probably be a little bit more cautious than than just having outright buy, but um, you know, I'm, I'm still positive on the stock. Um, they've got a valuation of around the dollar thirty, dollar forty mark. So that's a long <laughs> way from where the stock's trading, and uh, as you saw, the trend of that share yeah. price, it's um, it's heading lower. But um, um, like Gaurav said, you know, they've diversified quite well into other parts of the telecommunications business. Thing, um, and we also like Aussie broadband as well, and, and hadn't heard that mentioned, where Aussie broadband may take that over all oh, It's just an or idea for me. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Look yeah, yeah. more to the point. Yeah, Gaurav's um, brokering that. Yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. and, 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 and Aussie broadband hmm. just made a, a small acquisition as well, so, you know, they may be the, the acquisition. Over the wire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, over the wire. Um, they may be on their acquisition um, path, if you like. Um, thing I like about these smaller businesses moving into this area is <coughs> that you know you've got your, your big players there with your Telstra's, your optuses and so mm. on uh, that have really large market share, and if some of these smaller players can get. A bit of market share off them it's a very large proportion of their earnings if you yeah. like you know so i like the potential for the the significant growth in their business um if they can retain some market share now things like you know optus um you know having their data stolen you know, moves in that sort of direction, but then your customers are going to be worried that a small player will they have the protections there? Yeah, I'm not yeah, too yeah. sure. Not too sure how they how they <laughs> contract that or how they sell <laughs> that. Uh, but I, I do see some opportunities for the smaller right. players like so Superloop and, and yes, I'll stay on a buy. Stay on um, a buy okay. um, and and Aussie Broadband. <clears throat> attracting market share.
1: Okay, last stop, we've got <clears throat> got to move through this. This is a Yowie. Never heard of it. A licensing (laughs) company uh, that owns the intellectual property rights uh, for Yowie's. Mm. Uh, Yowie chocolate Mm. confectionery, digital platform, uh, consumer products. Uh, Francesco, does So all when was the last time
2: you were at the at the grocery store? With little kids. <laughs> With little <laughs> kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's at point of sale. So, right. Uh, chocolates. So um, does odds cover it? No, we don't. Right. Um, I did look at this stock a number of years ago now, mm. um, quite a while ago now, um, and they were getting licensing for something and, and the share price performed extremely well, but it's just right. gone to sleep. <coughs> um, for now, and look, to be honest, I haven't looked at it. It's got to be nearly ten years, five to ten years yep. ago, that we looked at it, and, and actually, uh, we did invest a little bit of money in it. You'd have to go back a lot longer than that yep. <laughs> to, to, yep. to be looking at uh, share price movements. Um, but um, oh, look, it's interesting, but it's just look, just not a big enough for us to be okay. focused on. Yep. Um, if you're looking at things in the food group, you know, I'd be looking at things like Costa Group. They've come under a bit of pressure yep. in recent times. There might be some opportunities there. Yep. Um, but on this side of things, it's just too niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yowie's a long way from fruit and vegetable at Costa Group. Or yes, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. what do you think of yowies?
0: I, I love the idea of including this in the port, yep. in the um, Halloween, Halloween. portfolio. Interesting okay. idea. Funny. Um, uh, yowies are the little Freddo of like chocolates. Yep. they were big when I was a kid um, in the eighties and nineties. She's younger than me, mate. <laughs> 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 um, and so what happened is, is someone uh, bought the rights back, and they tried to relaunch these a couple of years ago, and right. they've got, they bought in a crack US team with lots of deep, deep experience in, in American confectionery, and they got a distribution deal with Walmart of all places, and that's oh, why the right. share price yeah. took off. But since then, it's not really done that much. No, they've I'm now not. got a distribution deal with, um, with Coles in Australia. It, it's chugging along. They're making, they made less than a million dollars of profit last year. Um, I don't think there's anything exciting here. The problem with this is it's really difficult to differentiate what's a fad and, and what's a genuine brand that they're building. And it's very hard to get away from kids' fads here. Yeah. I think they've had their faddish moment and they were probably looking at the at the decline of the brand again. Management is good. They're deeply experienced in, right. um, in, in, in US confectionery. A couple of people on the board who I'm a bit suspect about though, um, I'm not going to say anything more than that, except that do your due diligence on that board because right. It's not as clean as it, as it might want to be, but um, it's still a sell. I don't think there's okay. enough here to justify These, a these buy. sort of
2: products, you've got to reinvent yourself every <clears> six, twelve, yeah. maybe two years. Or, because or bring kids, in another fad. We Bring in another fad, another yeah. product, reinvent yourself. <clears> because um, if you're just sticking to the same one, kids just go off of them on onto the new one. Look at Smiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Take a leap <clears> out <throat> of there, air ball.
1: Let's yeah. recap the final five stocks. Aristocrat a hold from Gorab, buy from Francesco. Uh, same with Seek, but uh, People In is uh, in the same sort of sector, which uh, Francesco um, is quite interested in as well as an alternative. Uh, TerraCom a sell from Gorab, a hold from Francesco. Uh, SuperLoop a buy from from Ord, a hold from uh, Gorab prefers Aussie broadband in that that sector. Uh, and yeah, we sell from uh, Gaurav no, from uh, Francesco. Uh, Gorav Sodi from Intelligent Investor, always great to catch up mate. Likewise. Francesco us from Ord Minute, enjoy your Halloween Pleasure as well. <laughs> uh, thank you for all the suggestion for our Halloween stocks. Uh, coming up on the small caps, Philip Pepe walks us through the uh, three small caps with news out today, mm-hmm. should you buy, hold or sell them. Philip is uh, I think on the call tomorrow and uh, he's come up, we'll reveal it tomorrow, but on social media, he's come up with a poster uh, with he as the bull and Nathan as the bear, mm. both in the ring. So it's like, it's like a fight poster. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> there he is, I love it. So, <laughs> Philip, I know you're on small caps, but can't wait to see yeah. you uh, put the Dukes up. Me too. Looking forward to Nathan getting pummeled. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) All right, that's our show for today. If you'd like any stocks for us to cover, put them in an email to call at uh, today or tweet us using the Osbiz TV handle. Uh, See all the stocks in the calls portfolio osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Nadine going right up with Philip um, on the small caps. Don't go away.